I have these recurring dreams where you're coming back from uh, whatever break. You go into the, the 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 break room and getting your stuff out and putting it back in your room and making your bed and getting ready for class the next day. You can't compare it to anything else. To let me know Should I stay or should I go If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always taste, taste, taste All right. That was quite a walk-up song. So uh, welcome, everybody, to the Old Grad Podcast. This is our sixth or seventh episode of the year, and we are joined this evening by our esteemed classmate, uh, Rob Blumquist, also known as BQ. BQ, you there? You hear me okay? Yep. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. This is great. And you did it on very short, uh, very short notice because I just asked you about it yesterday, and I was eager to get another one of these things done. And, and I know that we talked a while ago about doing it, and I really appreciate you uh, you coming on here and being part of it. Yeah, again, thanks for the invite. I'm really chomping at the bit to tell everybody my boring story. <laughs> well, I think I think we're live. I just got a, uh, I got a thumbs up or a BQ with an exclamation point from Steve Letzring. So if you're able to hear us okay, somebody give us a thumbs up in the chat so that we know that we're we're good to go and we're live and everybody can hear us okay. So um, I am totally stoked to have you on this call because among other things, I mentioned this before, but I, I really need to acknowledge the fact that you are really the co-creator or the co-idea of generating person of the Old Grab podcast. So uh, I like to back. say brainchild, but. Brainchild, it's your brainchild, exactly <laughs> right. No, tell a story, Jamie. Well, I mean, well, there's lots of things that you have responsibility for. Among them, two of our three-star generals uh, in our class, you they go back to their, their great influence you had on, on them being roommates, right? Johnny Braga and uh, Johnny Richardson, right? They were both yep. roommates at one point, right? I groomed Johnny's. Yeah, yeah. And then on, on top of that, you're also, it was your brainchild to have the Old Grad podcast. So that's great. Too. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, we met, what was it, five, six years ago, seven years ago, maybe? Well, I mean, actually, we have just completed five years. And it was your idea. Uh, but you were like, hey, what do you think about this? And I was like, gold. Oh, and you're like, you know, I think John Kane would be a great first guest. And I was like, yes. So, uh, yeah, so it's your, it's your brainchild. I'm just taking credit. Well, you were definitely a thought partner, at, at the very least, a thought partner. Over a few beers in the middle of the day in New York, we met. I think you you remember that I was handing off a parking pass to you or something, right, to go to a West Point football game? Yep. That's how we connected. You, um, I was at an event at the Intrepid, and um, you were, I think, leaving the um, Chinese uh, consulate in New York to pick up some yeah, I was going there to get whatever you needed to pick up, and uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I forget the name of the bar that we met at for lunch, but uh, yeah, we had a couple of beers, I think. 
And as I recall, I think we had to check a couple places because they, they weren't open that early. It was like, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like 1130 or so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had to find like an old school bar that was still serving beer like before before noon or something. <laughs> right. We found one. Yeah. But I think, you know, the magic of that moment too, like, you know, you and I, we didn't know each other super well at West Point. We had this this brief interaction in Korea and we happened to both be in the tri-state area, but that was really kind of it. But you and I were able to kick back. We had this common link of experience at West Point. Next thing you know, we're, we're three beers in in the early afternoon, having a good time coming up with the idea of the old grad podcast yeah um i i think that's why i really like the concept is you know as you mentioned you know we didn't know each other at school um i think we crossed paths in korea but just kind of uh and then when we were both in the new york metro area you know we got to know each other a little bit better yeah, I mean, there was one just random night where I was at a, um, I was at a bar in Summit, New Jersey, and you and uh, I think Tim Bowler happened to be there that yeah. night. Holy shit, there's two of my classmates over there. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, like Tim Bowler, um, so I didn't know Tim at school. Um, I ran into him. Actually, my our wives ran into each other uh, at Army Navy, and Tim was in Hoboken, and I was in. Um, New Providence. So for those of you who are not from the New Jersey area, it's a suburb of uh, of New York, uh, but really more suburban. And uh, Tim and his wife were looking to move out closer to, you know, suburbs and, you know, get kind of the leafy feel. Um, and so we, and actually my landlord at the time was a West Pointer, <laughs> ironically. Um, and so they end up moving there. Tim and I were next door neighbors. Um, and uh, yeah, he's the best neighbor I've ever had. Uh, but I never knew it was school, didn't cross paths in the army and just, you know, army navy kind of uh, cross our paths. And um, yeah, that's wow. kind of like, kind of like the whole like microcosm of this whole, I think you know, podcast type thing is, you know, getting to know folks and getting to kind of figure out how we know each other. Yeah. Right. Well, how long were you living in New Providence for? We were there for three and a half years. Okay. Little small trivial fact. Uh, our classmate, Rob uh, Hines, company E1 is from New Providence. I just remember that from back in the day because I was also from New Jersey and, um, uh, and we both, uh, he was just from New Providence. New Providence was like a competitive high school to, to my high school. We played each other in um, sports and whatnot. So, um, an, so Speaking of that intersection, so I live in West Hartford now, okay. which is where Paul Haggerty and Pat Mullen went to school. Mm -hmm. To our classmates. And I'm not from West Hartford, but... Mm -hmm. um, you know, that you talk New Providence, West Hartford, I grew up in Westwood, Massachusetts, where I went to high school with Jerry Hart, uh, Chris Hart and Jerry. They were in your same high school? Yeah. So you both got nominated? At the we same were friends. Time. Yeah, we were all friends. Really? Yeah. really? We boys stayed together. Really? Yeah. So why did, why did Chris Hart go in our class and then Jerry Hart went two years later? Like, what was the... That was um, the Jerry didn't have the academics, I think, to get in. Uh-huh. And, you know, God bless me, you know, he 
sucked it up. He went to UMass Boston for two years, um, got got his way in, and 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 then went, and then he was his class president. Wow, you know, um, I I was going to have earlier this month, but we had to postpone it. I was going to have um, Vince Lindemeyer on, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I have the the notes were all ready to go, and then we're we're going to do it later in the year, but. Um, we'll talk further about this, but Vince and Vic, um, one of them got in on a track, uh, like, um, a core squad and the other one got offered the prep school. And so they made the decision, I think as brothers, we're going to both go to prep school, which is kind of cool. Like, like it is cool. Yeah. We want to go in together. So I never knew that. So those guys are like, they graduated from high school, I think in 86. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the heart was down the street for me, which I let's go together. So, With, and they were like Golden Gloves boxers back then, right? The both yeah, of them. they were. Yep, they're on ESPN Sports Center back in like '83 or something. Like, you know, um, yeah, so they were great box boxers. DPE must have been licking their chops getting those two in there yeah. into, into West Point. You know, well, Jerry's cool. now the head boxing coach at West Point. Wow. Yeah, I think I knew that because I had dinner with Chris a few months ago. Chris is down at, um, he runs a course. Carlisle, right? Yeah, Carlisle, yeah. He he runs a course for all of the division commanders. Before they yep. take over division, they go through his course. Speaking of division command, we should make a point that this Friday is a big, a big, big, big day for class of 91 and also company H3 because we have the change of command of the first cavalry division this Friday. Johnny Richardson is going to be passing the passing the colors off. So big day. I'm actually going to be trying to get there. I haven't I haven't quite figured out all my logistics, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there on Friday. So I'm looking forward to, to being part of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean. So, so give me the here. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Where are you, you live in West Hartford. What, what do you do for a living? Kids, family, all that kind of stuff. Give me the yeah. So bit. I live in West Hartford. Uh, we moved here two years ago. I was uh, previously closer to um, York Metro in Connecticut. So kind of like a spur, Fairfield County, um, where the uh, Connecticut commuters live uh, to New York City. Um, so my job is very, um, unsexy, um, basically do risk management for third parties. Um, I've worked for banks, uh, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan Chase, BNY Mellon, and now I work for a, a Japanese bank, um, SNBC. Um, and you've been, you've been in banking since you got out of the army, right? You got out of the army in like 13 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. Twelve and a half. Okay. Um, but when you say banking, I've worked for banks, but I'm not a banker. Um, but it's about like back office operations, leading, leading. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so like my, my first inroads into that um, was a firm uh, 89 grad guy named Pat O'Hanlon um, who brought me into Morgan Stanley to kind of he was overseeing their third-party risk management, and then, um, yeah, just went from there to the next place to the next place. But 
How did you connect with him getting out? Did you go like through a recruiter or did you just leverage the old grad network to get that job? We were in um, Casa Cube together. Okay. As reservists. So we oh, were reservists. Wow. Uh, we went to Casa Cube together. That's how I met him. And then um, I was working for Morgan Stan, or not Morgan Stan, Thompson Reuters. And I was like, hey, you know, uh, so-and-so just moved into this, you know, spot across from me and you're LinkedIn connected. And it's like, oh yeah, he's a great guy. Hey, what are you doing? You know, can I lure you to help us out? So anyway, again, not sexy. And then, so so then he brought you in, and then how long were you at that firm before you moved on to the next one? I was there for about four years, and then I moved to J.P. Morgan Chase. And <laughs> there you go, uh, long uh, DSPD story. Uh, I moved to work for Hairball, Harris Morris. Really? I left Morgan Stanley to work for Harris Morris at J.P. Morgan State. Uh, that was in the was that in veteran like veteran recruiting or veteran yeah it was veteran management so hairball started up this great program um to train veterans the managers do mentoring um and jb morgan chase had a really extensive um veteran program but he really headed up their training program and so he brought me on board to kind of help out with you know the um the, with the training and you know different aspects of it and you know mentoring and stuff like that so yeah hairball who's an apache uh right and, yeah and and you you we've on the pre-call before you're making this this observation that certain groups of people certain companies they're a little bit more sort of vocal or accessible or you hear about them more right like a4 yeah. is those is one of those cultures of people right the yeah the four apaches yep uh yeah absolutely um i'm trying to think of another bigger one and someone could chime in or text in or whatever but like a4 you know my first duty assignment was in korea and um you know for any apaches out there um you know i lived with emma crawl uh mike hoos was there um, you, you know, there's a whole bunch of hairball, you know, it was, Korea was Apache Central. I mean, I think, so I think 200 plus of our classmates went to Korea after we graduated. And I think 20% of those are probably A4 guys or gals. Um, so, yeah, so A4 has a, and even past that, you know, um, I, my wife was on the train commuting back from New York and <clears throat> was on a bar car and said, hey, I'm on a train uh, with someone who, she knew Hairball and Hummer. So Hummer, Mike Kumel, I3. Um, do you know who Hoos is? And, you know, all these other guys naming, you know, different lists. So this guy was a Yale grad who played professional football, actually. His name is, uh, uh, oh, he also said, you know, Simon. Um, but uh, 
he knew all the A4 guys, like the Hoos, Hoos is his best friend. And, and uh, so this kind of like the breadth of the A4 kind of, I don't know what you call it. The um, they're the diaspora of A4. But yeah, that's like an SAT word. I just pulled that SAT word out of my ass. The, <laughs> the A4 diaspora. Well, speaking of A4, my little baby girl, my little my little daughter is uh, a plebe right now, and she is in A4. Um, and so very cool. I, I was trying to tell her there's like a you know, uh, just like a long, successful group of A4, A4. And another A4 grad we should mention is Mark Beaker, who is soon to yes. be. Yes, yeah. I was just going to ask who, are any other A4 guys other than, you know, but yeah, Mark Beaker. Yeah. 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 He's going to be the, the new head of AOG starting in, in August this, this summer. So congrats to, uh, to, to Beaks. That's August. awesome. That's I don't know Mark. Yeah. I do and I don't. Well, listen, I, I love that guy. I don't, I didn't know him at school, but he's just, he's got an incredible story, an incredible yes. person. I hope that, I know he'll do a great job. I hope that he doesn't get too much bullshit from the, from the old grads. Cause I, I have to believe it's a fairly thankless job in a lot of ways, you know, the whole, you know, right. thing, but he's one of those just kind of hard charging good people. I'm sure he'll do a great job with, with the role. Well, he's the soup's chief of staff, right? He was a soup chief of Kaslins, staff. General Caslins. Yeah, and then he went down the, to yeah South Carolina to be chief of staff for Caslin when he took over in in uh, in Carolina, and then he went over to LSU where he's been for the last mm -hmm. couple of years, and now he's coming back up this way. He so he's got the he's probably got all the creds, right? He's a you know, retired army officer. He's got the big, you know, institutional knowledge of educational institutions. And now he's going to be taking over the primary role of being the CEO of the Association of Graduates. So I'm sure he gets it. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. But, you know, getting back to, um, you know, some of the, we talked about the, the origin of the Old Grad podcast and when we started five years ago, that was right when I had taken over as the class giving officer. And one of the primary focuses, one of the reasons for the OGRAD podcast is really just to call attention to our class gift and to reconnect and foster better relationships with each other. It was to, um, to also remember our fallen classmates and then to connect us to the events at West Point. And so, you know, we've continued this beyond the class giving campaign but really, I think one of the new focuses is about just continuing to foster the stronger and stronger relationships among our classmates and also to be there for each other in times of need, right? It was about lifting each other up and about celebrating successes. And as we continue to age on, you know, it's more and more important for us to have like the ability to rapidly respond to classmate situations where there may be a health situation or something where we can really mobilize to support classmates. And so, you know, I've recently taken over the role of the class scribe. And one of the things that's really incumbent upon the scribe is to get these TAPS articles written and to be able to tell the story of our class. You know, we, we, have, not, we have not done a stupendous job yet in getting our classmates, our fallen classmates, uh, their stories told and, and documented in the TAPS articles. And this is going to be the primary focus for me 
for the next year as the scribe. So I'm looking forward to leveraging this podcast to raise awareness of this and then also to get that off the ground and then also to use this as a way to improve the connectivity of our class through Sallyport, through LinkedIn, through Facebook. What are, those are our three primary social feeds to get connected to people. But that's also like a response network for us as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with respect to like, you know, writing the um, class notes, you know, for some folks, someone will raise their hand, but I think it's important to have a system in place to memorialize everybody that we can. Um, because some people just jump on it, and some people, you know, so, oh gosh, you know, I remember him and her, and she loved them, and they were great. Um, gosh, I miss them, but there's no kind of, you know, in the class notes, there's no kind of um, person that kind of jumps in and, and, and authors that. Um, so well, I don't know how you, kind of you know I think you're throwing out there and I'm kind of you know echoing what you're saying I think but like yeah, there are some there's some evolving best practices on how to do this right so there's a guy from the class of 95 that took it upon himself to say I'm gonna get every one of these things written and he just bird dogged every one of them and had a system in place and then he kept notes of his best practices that I now have right of how it is that you write a really good uh, memorial of somebody and then how it is that you connect with the with the family the next of kin how you get it you know basically approved through AOG and then how you get it published so there's a there's there's kind of a roadmap that we can we can utilize mm -hmm. and then build upon that even further uh, so I'm definitely going to be looking to, uh, to 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 do that but also in addition to that one of the things we talked about we had a class leadership meeting earlier today we talked about this concept of a class caring officer and the concept of, you know, Ovi Alfaro is our bereavement officer, which is when somebody has passed away, how do you respond to that? How do you make sure that the family has incorporated all of the goodwill of the class of 91 and whatever services or whatever there, there might be? But there's there's the caring piece of that, which is like, like if somebody's sick, how do you basically stand up a system to support that person? And so that that may be a responsibility for Obi. That may be another person's responsibility. We're going to see. Um, but I think what it comes down to is, you know, everybody's willing to to chip in and do something. But the best thing to do is when you have like you're when you have a, somebody's, you can leverage somebody's goodwill the best way if you give them a path and a direction of this is what we need done, as opposed to just like an ambiguous like, hey, can you help out? So I think right, we right. want to try to build. We want to try to build that infrastructure, almost like a standing, uh, a standing operating procedure or like a battle drill. Like, here's how you basically set up a carrying bridge site. Here's how you do mm -hmm. ill train. Here's mm -hmm. how you do uh, all the other support um, services. You know, maybe a GoFundMe or whatever needs to be done. Here's the here's like the, the the logistics package of how to make that happen. So that may be something that we try to put in place in the next year or so as well. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, it's kind of hard to kind of figure out how to best do it, but yeah, I mean, as, as, long, as, you're, 
it's never one size fits all, but there there are certain exactly. combinations, right? There's always like usually there's somebody locally on the ground mm-hmm. that can, that can be like the point person, you know. And usually there might be like a faith based institution or a friend or or a coworker or something that can assist with it. And so I mean I had some direct experience with this myself because my one of my dearest friends, class of '94, passed away two years ago. And so I saw the way class of 94 was able to stand up to rally to support that family. So it's something that we're, that we aspire to have, you know, within our own ranks. And we will have that soon. So, so BQ, how did, so you're from the Northeast. Yes. Um, and uh, tell me about like what it was like growing up in, in Massachusetts you aspired to go to West Point. You had this. You had this dream, uh, and yet your your walk up song is "Should I Stay or Should I Go." So, so tell me how those things kind of how what the interplay was. Let's go back to like 19, 1986 and tell me the story of how you got interested in West Point. All right. So we go before eighty six. We graduated eighty seven, but um, yeah. So uh, we had our town had a um, our junior high had a third. Uh, middle school club where every year those so it, it was eighth grade when you would go there you go down to um new york city go to um statue of liberty times square rockets and then you go up to west point you go up to west point spend the night there it's there um the year i went there there was being renovated, so we stayed in an offsite place. But um, when I so when I went up there with Chris Hart and Jerry Hart, uh, we had classmates, eighth grade classmates. So one was Michael Camera, his brother is Paula Camera, who's a four star general, um, eighty five grad, who's now in charge of uh, Confined Forces Korea, uh, USFK, and you know, so he's one of my He's one one of the people that was in that same club that I went up to. His sister was 87 grad named Tracy O'Camera. Um, we had an 86 grad, we had a 83 grad. So 83 grad had a sister. Uh, his name was Jerry Malloy. Uh, so we had two of our eighth grade classmates had three siblings there at West Point. Um, so that's really kicked it off for me. And then hold, when hold I was a plea, hold that, hold that thought. Yeah, yeah. How big was your high school? Um, our high school graduated 120. So you had like six West Pointers out of like a five or six year period. That's yeah, like, so, so that's going back to period. when I was in junior high. So we had 82, 83, 84, 85, 86. And then we had or 87, and then we had 89, who was Bill Lynch, who was G4. So some people know, may know Bill Lynch, um, 89. Uh, and then Chris and I were both 91. Then we had Chuck DeRay, who was actually a senior in high school when I was a uh, freshman. Uh, he was in B1. He was prior service, went to prep school. And then we had Jerry Hart, who was 93. Uh, we skipped 94, we had another 95, then we were all gone, so I, I have a, kind of lost track. But we've had, and my dad used to commute with a, a 69 grad. So I don't know how, you know, it's just, I think 
I think my dad commuting with six nine grabs kind of coincidental, whereas um, the lineage kind of of all these um, people from my town, high school, going to West Point was kind of that eighth grade school trip. And um, when I was a plebe, my youngest brother went up at, as part of his school trip. And I was, you know, I was one of the cadets that they met. So it was kind of, you know, that, so long story short, uh, that's how I really got issues to West Point. And ever since I went up on that school trip, uh, that's all I ever wanted to do. Um, and go there. And then going back to a later, should I say, sure to go, that was a theme <laughs> of my time there. It's like, all right, I always wanted to go here, but it's, you know. Um, did you did you it's not fun. Did, did you contemplate leaving at all when you were there? Uh, I think we all do. Never really super seriously. Like it was there was never like, you know what, tomorrow I'm doing this. But I think, you know, in the back of your mind, in my mind anyway, it was like, but I think the first, you know, you, you write letters back to your parents. And I was like, you know, it's right here. It's like, but I don't think the army's for me. But I always thought it was um, easier to stay than to leave. Uh hundred percent agree. After um, three years, much harder to leave than it is to stay. So yeah, so absolutely, I had that in the back of the my, my mind, and um, I have these recurring dreams where you're coming back from. Uh, whatever break you go into the, the 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 break room and getting your stuff out and putting it back in your room and making your bed and getting ready for class the next day and I've had recurring dreams of that like for years it finally went away like five years ago or so but it's like this constant like stress I think of like that it kind of um there's always something hanging over you um and having all said that having do all over again i do it again tomorrow knowing all the stuff i went through and you know to, because of the um relationships the experience you can't compare it to anything else anywhere um and that's it's you know it's a very special place to me you know we have classmates who are like you know who have checked out and they don't and fine um but other, like, when we were cadets, classmates were like, you know, when I leave Thurgate, I'm never coming back here. When I left Thurgate, I was like, yes, but I wanted to come back. I really, I really loved the experience and going there. The people we knew and know and just the life experiences that you can't replicate anywhere else. You know, George Bush handing us all of our diplomas. Um, there's nowhere else in the world or anywhere that you can have these experiences and have these people who um, who you know, who you you know, sitting at the top of a bottom bunk with, who you're in a hooch with in Korea. Um, Johnny Braga, and you see the you know the yeah the the the, the highs and lows. Uh, <laughs> I don't, 
I have so many backstories going through right now. That I, I well, yeah, give me, give me some, give me some, some highs and some lows that you're thinking about. You, you just had an idea in your head. I saw a spark in your, in your eyes there. What was your thought? Well, just the, so, so like plea pacing, uh, meal delivery. Um, I won't name anybody. Um, if there's any hurricanes on the, on the call, they may. Nadia King's on the call because she just wrote, she she just double clicked on what you said. Quitting was never an option because the alternatives was so much worse, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we used to do like mail uh, deliveries and stuff as plea. So, um, one of our classmates, company, my company mate, um, got sent back. Yeah, go back and get dress off, come back and report to me. So, and this is very, this is probably in the fall. Um, <laughs> and so you remember we were issued Tanactin, right? For a feet. Right. So he um, strategically placed a small bottle of Tanactin below his belt. And so he, when he went back for reinspection, that small bottle of Tanactin was just below his belt and may have looked like it wasn't a small bottle of Phenactin. <laughs> and so the upperclassman, I think it was a yearling, so like, get out of here. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> so this person who I'll leave nameless, uh, retired from the army uh, and was a star geek. And so that type of thing, it's like, those types of experiences, you know, are really things that you kind of sparkle my eyes and kind of, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, way, these it's, guys are the best. It's so innocent. I, mean, I, I wouldn't say it's like wholesome, but it's like so just innocent, you know, like just. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. My daughter was it's right. Absolutely. It's innocent, but you think you're like, you know, changes the world and, you know, going to take on the world and. But it really is, to your point, Jamie, it is very innocent. It, it really is, you know what? I'm buying into this. And um, yeah, this is this is good stuff. And I think at the end of the day, for me, I thought it was good stuff. And so although I was miserable and I was failing classes, I was two-time stapper. Um, and I, I was too dumb to get infantry. Yes, you got branched FA. I, I didn't yeah. realize, you know, and then, and then Johnny Richardson got branched. He got branched armor. Both of you yep. guys got, got branched out of infantry. Yep. Uh, but look, it works out, right? It always works out. It does out. work out. And, and you know what? To Johnny's point, yeah, credit, he, branch night, I was like, and whereas Johnny, Next day, moved on, bought into it. He was an armor guy. He was a cab guy. He was gonna do that. And so, all four so, years we were at school, he was he was hardcore infantry. So you and, have the you have the envelope in your hand. Because Johnny was talking about how he was feeling the envelope, and it felt like there was he thought that there was too much meat there. Like he thought he was going to be ADA. Like he was like. <laughs> And then he was like, he opened it up and it was armored and he was so happy. But like, were you doing that? Were you feeling the, 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 no, I didn't. Because, you know, infantry and FA are kind of same. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close as opposed to armor. 
in right. ADA. Uh, but uh, you know, saying that um, works out to the best for me, really, absolutely. Um, I got it. So my first uh, duty time in Korea was in an infantry battalion or infantry company battalion. Um, Matt Zimmerman, who was my three-time roommate uh, in H3, was one of the platoon leaders, and I was the FSO. So in Korea, as you know, you were there. You know, you live with the, you know, your um, maneuver units, um, and it really worked out for Matt. From from there, um, we went from there to Stewart. Um, and then to um, Germany, but um, was was Steve Havel with you in Stuart? Do you remember that name? I I, I remember Steve. I, he was not in our battalion because he went from Korea to Stuart as well. But you know, we should just mention. I know I've said this before. I have a theory about why so many of our classmates were in Korea. It was because stop loss. Yeah, stop loss. The former group got stop loss. They were there for 18 months, and then there was a massive like exodus, and then a bunch of us came in. That's why they needed a bunch of us to be there. Um, yeah, so there were four FSOs in our battalion, four infantry companies. So it was me, it was Troy Baronet, I-4, and Emmett Kral, A-4, and then another guy who was still a grad, who was the first... Um, Black Citadel, Citadel grad to be a, a general officer. He's now a two-star guy named Dave Wilson. How about um, Easy Pete? Wasn't he in there with you too? He was in um, the other um, battalion. Okay. I don't want to get Easy into trouble. Okay. Breaking into my hooch and stuff where we're on. I ran to He's like, hey, don't say anything about Korea. Those were great. Like yeah, no, easy. He, he was, you know, so, so I, I was at Hovey and um, what was the other one? What was the main post? Yeah, Casey, I think. Casey, yeah. So I was on Hovey. Uh, easy was on uh, Casey. Yeah. And then there were some others. I was out west and uh, like the uh, Camp Palom, Camp Giant, Camp Greaves area. And, and also just a, another classmate, so uh, Crabber, Brent Crabtree, was our uh, Bradley Fighter Sting vehicle right. platoon leader for our company. He's my, so uh, it was another, you know, he was kind of like, he was an augmentee, whereas like our FSOs were with the infantry company. But uh, yes, I know Crabber. What a great time that was. Be it great was to... great. I don't yeah. want to go to Korea, but I'm glad I went there. Yeah, I'm the, same way. I'm the same way. I was like, you know, I want to just get this thing over with, do my overseas assignment. If I was smart enough, I would have gone to Germany next. That would that that would have been a great move, you know, go from because you have a whole three and a half year assignment in front of you. You can go to Korea. I mean, you can go to you can go to Europe next. You know, if I could do it all over again. I would have done that. I think. Where'd you go? I went to Fort Eustis, which was a fucking awesome did you have to or did you pick it well what happened was i i got actually compassionately reassigned back to the u.s because my stepfather was dying of cancer 
And so I served, you know, I served 11 of the 12 months just to sort of make, I was trying to, you know, time it so that I would still get my little overseas ribbon, but I, I would get home in time before he passed. And so it was, it was dicey, you know, but I, I did, I managed to get that done, but Fort Eustis was close enough that I was close enough to my, my family that it made sense. But I had, um, I could have gone to Europe. I could have gone anywhere in Germany. I could have gone to Fort Riley. I could have gone to Alaska. Fort Stewart, I think, was open. Fort Hood was open. And uh, and Fort Eustis. And I was like, I'll take Eustis. That's the closest thing to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The unit was deactivating. Long story. But it was it was still great, though. Yeah. It was still great. Yeah, so our, our battalion in Korea was, it. Um, so three of us FSOs were Troy Baronet and Emmett Crawl. Uh, as I mentioned, Matt Zimmerman was in our company. John Braga. Um, um, Mark Livermoose, Moose, who's mm-hmm. you know, passed away. Uh, Lever, Mike Lovejoy. Um, and then, you know, cross Casey, you had, you had first tank, you had hairball, you had Hummer. Um, so, and I didn't know those guys. I knew Hummer at school because he was in I-3, I was in H-3, but it was a great kind of place to kind of get to know folks and get to know your classmates. And, you know, fast forward to when we were captains, uh, I was in Germany with uh, Hummer and hairball. Troy Baronet just just piped into the chat. He said Trent Davidson too. Yeah, Trent, Mike Hoos. Yeah. So that was a good crew. Yeah. Troy. So Troy. All right. So Troy was awesome. Um, we uh, we were in Korea together, and then we went to Fort Stewart together, and we roomed together. Uh, we had an apartment together that Troy put together. I don't take any credit for any. Um, but yeah, so. We were in the same uh, battalion uh, at Stewart together as well. So we missed Troy. And then Troy, you know, we took trips together. Was on you, then you, so you, you went to the advanced course, then you stayed, what you, I'm sure you did S3. S3. I went to the best course, then went to Germany after advanced course. And is that where you were battery commanders at the same time with Bill Hecker? So, yeah, so uh, Bill was in a sister battalion. So same Devardi, right, but two different battalions. So mm-hmm. I commanded with Steve Lettering and Bob Bennett mm-hmm. for our classmates. You guys were in the same battalion. You're all three, three uh, companies. Yeah, three of us. And Bill was in the other battalion. That must have been so cool. It was cool. It was nice. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Now, when did, were you married at the time? Like, when did you, when did your wife? Yes. Okay. So we got married in 97. So we, so when I got orders for um, Germany, my unit was in Bosnia. So mm-hmm. my wife and I got a justice of the peace wedding so we could ship our stuff on. So once, once I got back from Bosnia, w- when I was in Bosnia, I was in the, the FSO for the CAV squadron. So I was with Pablo Galka. Uh, and Chris Chapman. Paul Bogaco was our S4. Chris Chapman was assistant S3, and I was the FSO. So we were all sitting and, you know, talking to hooches. Um, is uh, Grotta Chalk, uh, Bosnia, where, where we all met. 
and I know Paul. And I knew Chris Connage because I think he was an H company guy, but not H3. So I kind of remember him for Beast a little bit. Uh, but again, you know, other classmates were, you know, so I am um, godfather of Chris's and his wife, Mary Jo's um, son, Karin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just because we were stuck in Bosnia together and then we were, you know, in Germany together. And, um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's related. So, um, so anyway, after we got back from Bosnia, I went to the FA Battalion, I was the S1. And in between me moving from the CAV squadron FSO role to the S1 role in the FA Battalion, we, I went home and got married. Um, so my wife, um, her brother is an 87 grad. Uh, retired FBI agent, and he was in the same squad as Pat Kern from D2 as F FBI agents. So another kind of like small army type experience. Um, so yeah, so we were in um, Germany, so S1 for a year there, company, a battery command for a year, and then we... Um, PCS to um, actually Edison, New Jersey. So ACRC. And that's where we lived in New Providence. Which is crazy. So how many active duty people are in Edison, New Jersey? Or there were about 12 of us then. Right. It was a small little. Yeah. You know, yeah. Camp Kilmer. And a small world thing is you get your hair cut by, by my same barber, right? Right. Same, yeah. Small world. Tony. I just saw him two days ago. Tony. <laughs> Kind of high and tight over here, yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, so we got married. Um, Edison ACRC, you know, I was like, you know what, I got promoted major, and I said, you know, what? I don't want to be tank commander. I don't want to be an S3XL. If I do something else in the army, I would do it, but. They were still doing the like track stuff. Like you have to still kind of check those box. And so I said, you know what? I'll just get out of the, leave active duty and stay in the reserves because uh, I was in a reserves unit. So I just, you know, basically went from going every day to one week, you know, one weekend a month and, and two weeks a year. Um, so where did you, you do your reserve time? Where? Yeah. In Edison. Oh, right here. Wait, was it what? It was the same it? unit. So I was the active duty guy, and then I just left and became reservist. Became reservist in the same unit. But that's that's army. That's army reserves. There's not national guard there, right? Right. There's no national guard there. I don't it's think reserves. they're there anymore. Though I, think, I don't I think, think they are either. Yeah, I think they're not there anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we also want to like settle down, and you know, and. So this is 2002, and I think we've moved eight times since then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no particular reason. Nice and settled down. Um, right? But um, we didn't have kids at the time. Um, we've, we we now have a 13 and 10 year old a son and daughter um, who are awesome. Uh, very. So yeah, obviously we waited for some time. So our kids are both adopted, and. Um, we adopted them both at birth, and they're actually half siblings. 
Wow. So we adopted my son. I met him. We met him four hours after he was born. I changed his first diaper. About two, two and a half years later, we were looking to kind of continue the family. And at the same time, the adoption center we were working with reached out and said, hey, Brendan's birth mom is pregnant again and wants to know if you guys are interested in adopting. So, um, so yeah, we adopted them both at birth. Um, they're half siblings. Um, I won't say they're awesome kids, but they're pretty good. They're 13 and 10. They're awesome. Um, they they're are awesome. awesome. We have fish. I, I told you, you reached out to me today. I'm like fishing with the kids at the pond. Yeah, that's, yeah. We're, we're, we're like in your, in your neighborhood? In, in town. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place, it's a place where you can throw a line in. It's a very small pond, but there's, there's sunfish and smallmouth bass, and you throw it in, you can pretty much every other cast, you can get a fish. So for a 13 and 10 year old, you know, it's perfect. That's great. For dad, who's like, you know, taking fish off and putting new worms on, it's like, oh, can I sit down? Mm. But um, yeah, so anyways, um, yes, but yeah, family and stuff. So we got married. Um, Waited a while. My wife went to law school. We were kind of waiting for me to get settled and get us settled. We started trying to have a family and adopted. And then where where did she go to law school? Um, she went to Cardozo in New York City. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's what they call a Jewish Fordham. Although she's 100% Irish Catholic, but her dad's a retired New York City police officer. Um, then I mentioned her, her brother is uh, 87 grad. So you must have been a pretty welcome addition to that family. I was, yeah. That's pretty cool. How'd you oh, meet her? And so how, so how we met was um, we were at Stewart, and she was going to school at College Charleston. And her brother-in-law, her sister's husband, was my battery commander at Stewart. And so... He was getting ready. They were getting ready to change out of command. Um, so the lieutenants took him, you know, my battery commanders and his wife out to dinner. Is a farewell. And my sister-in-law was like, hey, Kat, why don't you come down and, you know, hang out with us? You know, she's come from Charleston. She you know, might have been found retired to Hilton Head at one point. But, um, you know, come to dinner with us. So, yeah, that's how we met. So... I'm, I'm thinking about he was an 84 grad when when where were you for 9 11 were you still on active duty or were you i was i was on a treadmill in in the at camp kimler so you're here in edison yeah someone came in and said hey the plane just crashed into the world trade center oh. so did you have some sort of you must have had some kind of collateral no no collateral responsibility nothing Going on the there? only thing we had was um wasn't FEMA, but um USARC is the first responders for that before FEMA gets on board. So we had USARC emergency response folks coming in to kind of set up shop at Edison kept to facilitate that. But otherwise, there was like one or two NCOs that were doing driving vans at bring people in but otherwise no I can't really 
I didn't really participate in any of that immediate. But I, imagine, I imagine with a father-in-law who's a New York City cop and, you know, brother-in-law who's 87 grad and a, a, the other one was your battery command. And it must have been like a family, like, it was a family, a family event, right? There's so many people that have so much connectivity to what was going on, right? Yeah, was, I guess sort of kind of. So my father-in-law at the time was retired. Um Really, it was my brother-in-law, like my wife's brother, who's in the FBI with with Pat Kern, um, who we were worried about, and he was he was he was safe. So, otherwise, it wasn't really. Other than that um, drama, uh, that was about it for September 11th. Yeah, thankfully. Right. But being but being in this area, this there's a lot. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. I live like very close to Edison. Like to you mentioned, we have the same barber, right? So I'm like three miles away from where you were stationed. So um, this I forget was, where we went. It was like September 12th. It was this place that overlooks. It's a kind of cliffs overlooking you, where you can see New York City. Yeah, it's called Eagle's Nest or something, or Edgewood, New Jersey, I think. Edgewood, probably. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Edgewood's a little bit further north, I think. Right, right. Um, but really, Jamie, honestly, there wasn't really. I, yeah, there wasn't really much more drama other than what other people were experiencing, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. for us anyway. But um, your brother-in-law, you said he was in the FBI. Was he? I know that Pat Curran did like he did some undercover stuff and whatnot. Is that the kind of unit that your brother-in-law was in? Yeah. So they were both doing. Um, they were on the Joint Terrorism Task Force, but they're also doing like mob stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of what they were doing. And then Pat moved over to the West Coast and was doing kind of, I think, you know, biker stuff. Yeah. Undercover. So yeah. my brother and I did a little bit undercover stuff. You said that you listened to most of the podcasts. Like you listened to almost every one you said, you, you thought, right? Um, I think so. Did you listen with, with Karen Walsh? Yeah. Karen was in my Buckner squad. Oh, she was? Yeah. Yeah, I found that so fascinating. When yeah. She, when she was talking about like what it was like to. Like you change your name. Like, no, I went with Karen. Yeah, but just to sort of decompress out of like after you've been undercover and try to like come back to the person that you that you truly are versus this, you know, imposter yeah. that you were. I was I was I've thought about that episode so much. And what she talked about was like this is a complete violation of somebody else's trust and privacy. Like even yeah. though they're criminals, you know, yeah. but like, like you are like the you're you're the you're the you're kind of the bad guy. Yeah, not not bad. I mean, well, what she was no, saying, no, like kind of, sort of, kind of, right? Yeah, well, these were not bad people. She said they just made bad decisions. You know, mm -hmm. now, you know, but really, just fascinating. I think I was, I think Pat Kern, Pat Kern had similar experience. I think I, I've talked to him a few times. You know, at different things in Army, Navies, or whatever. So um, and Pat was in my Buckner squad too. Really? Yeah, Pat Wait, and Cameron Pat. both. And they both end up in the FBI doing undercover work. Yeah. 
Um, I think the FBI is the second most, um, the highest number of West Point 91ers besides the Army in terms of an employer. I think the FBI is the, is the second most. I, I, I'm going to miss names, but I know we have like a handful of others that. Well, I think she counted, I think she knew there was 31, 31 classmates. That's like a whole company. That's like 136th of our class. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. With Deb Summers, was she FBI? I don't know. She might have been. That sounds that sounds like something she might do. Jay DeJarnett, I know he was. I, yeah. I he was in my Buckner. We did Buckner together as firsties. I still have one of his hangers somehow. We switched hangers and I still got one upstairs. One of uh, Jay DeJarnett's hangers. And again, that's the best thing about like what other college you go to is like, oh, I have you know somebody. Like Jamie Schleck, you know, F-291 or F-191. Well, you know, the thing that makes it so unique, too, is not just that we spend four years in this, you know, puzzle palace doing this stuff together, but then we spend the next at least five more years doing Absolutely. the same job. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's incredible. And um, I've met even more, not even more people, but more people getting out. Like, especially, as you know, like, New York metro area, there's, like, so many of us. And so I've met a lot more that I didn't know in the at school or in the army um, that I've run into in West Point Society of New York or just in general kind of New York Metro connections or events and stuff like that. Or people that are visiting um, that are in New York for for example, I I, I don't know if I saw you uh, with you. Um, I think it was um, Dan Hodney may have get, given a talk. Dan or Dave, uh, John Keenan was there. Um, it was at NYU, and he was. Oh, I would have loved to go to that, man! I would have loved to go to that. I didn't know. Yeah, about but you, you know, like, I don't know if it's Dan or Dave, so I apologize. But I didn't know either. I knew who they were, but never probably said a word to either of them. Um, but you, you know, I, I think it was Dan. He was going to talk at NYU about you know whatever it was. Um, and afterwards, uh, Scott Seymour was there from um, from D2. Um, but, you know, you, you have guys like this, you know, smart guys that coming in and talking to us and not talking to us, but just, you know, just they're smart people. And, um, and you have, I think there are three of us there and we're, we didn't coordinate to go there. We just had some type of alert or something that you know one of our classmates was speaking at NYU and three of us went there and then we went there and we were all like you know hugging each other taking selfies taking pictures and I mean know, just like you and I really just like you and I getting banged up and you know 11 o'clock in the morning on a weekday in New York City <laughs> giving birth to the old grab podcast you know I thought it was brunch yeah brunch Brunch with beers, yeah. It was, it was good. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe this is a good a good point to segue to just mention that we have a uh, we have a class reunion, mini class reunion coming up in April of 2024 in Lexington, Kentucky. Thanks to the Wests that are organizing that. So if you haven't if you're not on Facebook, you, you haven't heard about it. It's going to be coming out in class emails and stuff, but. Uh, you can also reach out to me directly, jamieschleck at gmail.com. I'll get you the details. 
We got a hotel lined up. We got a bourbon tour. We got, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be April of 2024. So, you know, I think now's the time we got this moment, man, where we like, you know, kids are a little bit older. Maybe they're out of the house. Maybe they're just, you know, but they're more self-sufficient. We can get out and do this kind of stuff. We should be doing this stuff more and more. I'm, I'm going to the first Cav change of command on Friday just because I can, you know, I'm going to do it. I think as long as, I, as, long as the, uh, awesome. as long as the, uh, travel plans work out, but I'm pretty sure they will. I think I'm going to meet Brian Sharp in Austin, and then we're going to go up there on Friday morning and see uh, Change of Command. Good times. Yeah, I wish you could make it. So please say hi to BJ for me. I will. So speaking of BJ, I want to, uh, there's come uh, another podcast. You know, John, Johnny Richardson is fourth generation West Pointer, where his grandfather and great-grandfather, who were both called BJ, were the only father and son to both be the goats of their class. And so he's his dad didn't go. So he's he's John Richardson the fourth. Uh his dad uh didn't go, but soon to BJ, you know. And he's a three-time stapper. Yeah, um, and he was he got a trade-off when too. he got brains. He didn't get he didn't get infantry. He got trade off is a um, duty assignment and was able to switch with somebody and then got, you know, Germany and then, you know, the rest is kind of history, but really neat story, I think. For sure. I was, I was, I was re-listening to his podcast and kind of in prep for this call and also for getting ready to see him next week and just listening to his observations about the army and about leadership. I'm like, wow, what a smart, smart dude. Yeah. You know, I'm like, how did he go to staff three times? Yeah. And he basically said, I just wasn't prepared, like maturity wise. I like, and he was like, I just kind of thought, like, you know, my my grandfather, my great grandfather, they're both goats of their class and they both did super well in the army. So I really, you know, West Point was a means to an end. It was a way to begin become a commissioned officer and that was it. And he, he regretted the fact that he didn't put more effort into the academics. But I was saying to him, it kind of worked out for you. You know, your, your theory kind of proved out. You didn't, you don't need to be, you know, the top of your class to be a stud, stud in the army. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see more now, like being the whatever, 74, 75th, you know, colonel of the third ACR, as opposed to rear cadets being the 75th commander of the 75th Ranger Regiment, right? So his course really, I think, was um, rightly justified, you know, with respect to being like a, a cab guy, armor guy, as opposed to uh, infantry guy. Yeah. And I don't know, because he wasn't, he was never an infantry guy, but, you know. Um, so yeah. you, you two have two staff stars, you said, right? What, what years yeah. did you so I went after, so I didn't go after plebe year, thankfully. So after yearling year and cow year. So well, it was um, philosophy and stat, or philosophy. stats. Yeah, I got a D philosophy. in philosophy. I got a D in philosophy, got a C minus in stat in philosophy. Wait, so, wait, so what, you didn't fail it? You just got a D, so you had to go to try to improve your grade? No, 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 I got, I, I did fail it. And I think I got a D in yeah. And then maybe when it's uh stat, yeah. 
statistics, whatever it was. So like Emmanuel Kant, do you like get shivers up your spine or something like the uh, philosopher? No, it's just like, no, I don't. It's just white noise. Like, you know, <laughs> I, like I don't, it doesn't really register. So. You know, I find philosophy is one of the greatest areas to go to to become a bullshit artist. If you know just a little bit about the different philosophers, you could bullshit about anything, I think. Yeah. You opine. You opine, yeah. Thomas Hobbes, the Leviathan. I think we read that there, right? Thomas. You may have, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so, and then also you said stats. That was the other thing to you down. Know? Yeah, stats and dynamics. And I'm a math guy. I mean, I was a juice major. What? Yeah. yeah. You majored in juice. Yeah. That's 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 uh. That's and B's and C's mostly. It was the uh, C's, D's, and that history and English I didn't do well in. Yeah. I got my ass kicked over there. I I just I am embarrassed. I my my kids have my resume have my my transcript out recently, and I, I just I did not do super well. I, I think I would be much. I I I too like Johnny Richardson was just not mature. I did not. I was not prepared for the academic rigor or having to study. I went to a kind of a mediocre high school. I was a big fish in a little pond, uh, and so I just I thought like it was going to be easy, and I got my ass kicked. Got roommates with uh, Richardson and Rob Proctor, Cavier. All, all, all stat people, right? We went from our room and uh, Pershing to yeah, our staff room. Um, but uh, anyway, we, we, BJ John, Johnny Richardson came back from spring break and brought a fishbowl with a shark in it, and we named the Shark Ranger because we're all infantry guys. Even though only one of us went infantry, only one of us was smart enough to go infantry. Um, so anyway, one night, um, Richardson or Proctor just, you know, they they are at each, you know, at each other all the time. And so coming back from the shower after lights out, they're doing the towel snaps. We have our um, Westway pajamas on. So. I think, I don't know who it was. It was Richardson or Proctor snaps and hits it right on the snaps. And so the the, uh, the, the pajamas fall down. And right then we hear OC knocking and it's like 11 o'clock. So they're like a delayed plot. Whoever it was, I think it was Proctor trying to pull his shorts up. Um, pulls it, pull him up, enter sir, comes in. What are you guys doing here? Sir, we were having a snap fight. We don't. So he's looking around. So he looks over. He sees our shark, our bowl with a you know tricolored shark. It's like, what's this, sir? That's our shark. His name's Ranger. He's like, are you supposed to have that? No, sir. And then he's like going around the room. He was a non-grad. He was like AG. He was part of the uh, you know the the personnel office at West Point. Um, so he's going around and he's like, what do you do? What do you do? He comes to me. He's like, what do you do? Sir, I'm an electrical engineering major. Like, what are you, a fucking idiot? Because <laughs> he saw my GPA. So anyway, he's like, listen, we'll pretend the lights were off. 
three of you need to report to my office down where the soup's office would, and I'll give you shark food. So and it's, it's a long story, but a, a, a kind of funny, you know, um, Richardson Proctor shark hijinks story. Good at, staff, at staff, do you feel like, I mean, that's kind of like, it's a little bit more of a relaxed environment, right? It's just about studying. Oh, yeah. It's just like you didn't, and there's no, there's no plebes now, right? Because every everybody's a yearling at least. Like there's no like need. Right. To, there's no upper class, lower class. Yeah. There's no need to have like discipline yeah. or like standards of conduct. It's like just everybody's been recognized. So like the, you know, jackass yearlings when we were plebes are like ah, you know, they're all fun and games at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's just hanging out at Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach, great memories. Pebble Beach. I wonder if that still exists. Pebble Beach. I'm guessing not, but I'd like to hope it does. I mean, that old part of the gym is still there. So yeah, still there. My um, I got so today is July 9th. We've gotten two letters back from my daughter so far, who's who's a plea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was mentioning that. And I forgot about this, but this memory just came back when she mentioned it. She said, you know, when we go into these issue points to get issued, like our uniforms, whatever, the cadre don't go in. It's just it's just the plebe. So they can completely fall out. They can completely um, surprise. And like, like you could be normal again for like that little bit of a half an hour where they're measuring you and doing whatever they're doing. And uh, I imagine, I mean, to extent, that's kind of like what that might be like too, just like a relaxed environment. She says she actually likes going to the issue points. And when she's got to go get a uniform or whatever, she's she enjoys that. And the mass athletics is another thing too that she said she really enjoys. So um, good memories. All right, one last initial memory. Um, so my beast roommate was Bill Estueta. Billy Y. So I remember when we first got um, dropped off or, you know, started going through getting issues and stuff like that. And nothing, you know, I would see our classmates who are exchange cadets who are really having a tough time. And I was having a tough time. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I really hope I don't get stuck with an exchange cadet just because like I'm doing with like you know there's like this whole dynamic with you know trying to help them out and me out so I go to my beast room and I see this y-s-t-u-e-t-a and I'm like like you know so anyway, it turns out Billy Wise from Long Island Brentwood Long Island and um didn't have to deal with you know, my drama, <laughs> you know, it, it was nothing, nothing against this exchange cadets, but this is my drama. Um, but, uh, you know, the only thing was he was a Yankees fan. I was a Red Sox fan. Otherwise, you know, I see, by the way, Shane Zender was listening to this podcast for a little bit. Um, I don't know if he's still on there or not, but I, I do you know Shane Company B3? I uh, you know the name. I don't, I don't think we ever, um, he, he is perhaps the funniest human being I have ever met. 
he is that funny. He's like, and he's he's in it for no no other person than himself. He just he entertains himself and everyone else is along for the ride. You know? <laughs> and I just remember him telling the story about our classmate, um, Al Sagaf Nazir, who's from Malaysia. Great guy, he's also a computer science major, you know. But Al Sagaf came in to West Point and he was like how you might imagine, like, you know, an exchange cadet from Malaysia, right? He's just like, you know, very, um, you know, just uh, he's very thin and he was just like um, kind of wide eyed and scared like everybody else. And Shane, Shane was telling, he was just going through the stories. And, and Al was, by the way, Al was a great guy. He, he was a computer science major, like with me and everything. But he said that Al Nazir embodied every bad thing about America that you can embody by the time we graduated. Like he's eating Big Macs. He's stuffing his face with Oreo cookies. He's playing video games. He said, like, he's going to go back to Malaysia and they're going to be like, what the fuck is with the West Point in America? Like they completely corrupt you to become like this total degenerate, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember Johnson Opio uh, was, well, wasn't an H3, but H company, one of my tables. Um, so I, I I think I saw something recently, somebody posted yeah. a connection with him. Well, I think with Sam Tobit, right? Sam, so yeah. somebody, somebody connected with Sam Tobit, yeah. What a great, what a, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing too, is to be, is to have that as a, have that as connections, you know? Yeah. We had this guy, James Madison Tukpa, who was uh, from Liberia. He was an F1. He was not in my, he was not in my class. He was in class of 90, but uh, it was a interesting, interesting to have that kind of connection. Yeah. Remember running into a guy in Korea who was uh, class of 90, but was an I-3, who's a Korean national exchange cadet uh, in TDC. Wow. He's in the Korean Army? Hmm? He, was, he was a rock army or was he like? Yeah, so he was West Pointer, class of 90, G3, but he was a Korean exchange cadet, so he was in the Rock Army when I saw him in Korea. Hmm. TDC. There's a guy who uh, he's in the American Legion in my local American Legion group here, and he's a former Katusa soldier. Remember the Katusa? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he emigrated to the United States. And Sergeant On was my Katusa. Yeah. We had a ton of these Katusas, you know, and uh, I remember my battalion talking to your idea about exchange cadet, or, you know, living with an exchange cadet. My battalion commander, who was married to a Korean national, had this wonderful, great idea to say every soldier in this battalion is going to room with a Katusa. We're going to we're not going to have Katusa rooms and we're going to have. We're going to have everybody mixed and matched, you know, Katusa with an American soldier. That did not go over well, I got to tell you, but and that was his idea. It was, it was, I think it was well-intentioned, but did not go over well. Good, good idea at the time. Yeah. Well, the thing with those Katusas, they all, they all come from these like very privileged, wealthy families yeah. and they know they're just doing their time. They don't give a shit. And they're, they're going to get promoted based upon however many years, it doesn't matter. Like, unless they're like criminals, you're going to get promoted to, you're going to make E5 and it doesn't matter yeah. how bad you are. 
Yeah. You'd be malingerers, and as long as they're not doing anything illegal, as you said, yeah. going to make sergeant. Yeah. So one of the stated reasons of our podcast was also to remember our fallen classmates, was to really just focus on their stories and what our experiences were. And it occurs to me that you have you have two company mates who have passed away, uh, Kenny Evans and, and, and Jen Kelly. And you also had some interaction with Bill Hecker as well uh, when you're both battery commanders in the same geographic area. Uh, I'm curious if you could give me some of your memories of, of each of them. Sure. Um, so Jen Kelly um, was like probably the sweetest person you ever met, like the best hugs. Um, you know, you come back from summer break or winter break and she just come up and give you a big bear hug and she national champion power lifter but her hugs were not you know squeezed they're, you know they're appropriate um, um and kenny evans uh the nicest guy in our company probably um and uh, I didn't know Kenny very well. Just we never roomed together. We uh, never really um, were in the same classes and stuff like that, or you know, summer details or whatever. But you know, Ken was just you know nicest guy, and you know, obviously, um, you know, married Kim um, Evans. Uh, so you know, very close to my heart and my family. Um, Bill Hecker, uh, you know, we were not in the same battalion, but within Devarty, two different battalions. He was in one battalion, I was in the other. We were battery commanders at the same time. I mean, I, I was just going to say Bill can write his own book, but he has written his own book. I mean, Bill was brilliant, um, great guy, you know, just as a fellow battery commander in the Two or three times we may have interacted over the course of our uh, of a year. Uh, he was, you know, professional, considerate. Um, you know everything you would. Do you know about him? I mean, Bill's been written about enough, I, and I can't do justice to him like other folks can. Um, also talked about like Mark Willenruth, Mark. Wilden Ruth and I were in uh, Korea together. Great, fun-loving guy. His life was cut too short. Um, you know, always had a smile on his face. Um, Tommy McTeague. Um, again, like, you know, cancer. And because um, life too short. Again, the guy... I didn't know Tommy very well, but we'd always run a, into each other at Army Navy. And that's to the point where he just come up and give me a big hug. Um, um, yeah, I feel like Tommy, Tommy's one of those guys too that like, I, I he's from this area, right? And I, I, yeah. I can remember the last time I saw him, we actually were having beers together at Pershing Square in New York City. And he had not been diagnosed yet, but he was diagnosed like only a couple of weeks later, he was diagnosed with uh, 
I think leukemia. But he's one of those guys that like he was just such a big, he was such a fun loving guy. Like he loved life. Yeah, he was full of life. Um, uh, Tony DeToto, another guy who I didn't know well at school, but I got to know him better um, after school. And you know, it's funny. Like Toto was he was like out of Dallas, but I would always see him in Army Navy, and you know. You go to those again, like you go to those places, you see the same group of folks, um, you get to know each other, or at least you know, just familiarly. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I've been to Army Navy the last 18 years, so uh, you're gonna go with, this year with, with an asterisk. With an asterisk, I went to Army Navy at West Point, but I didn't have tickets, but I would stay at the hotel there and watch it at the hotel there. Nice, nice, but otherwise, hey. I've been the last 18 years. We're going to be up in your neck of the woods this year. We're going to be up in July. Yeah, Foxborough, yeah. Yeah. My daughter is going to have four years of Army Navy, never having gone to Philadelphia. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's what, Philly? And then what's next year? Oh, no, yeah. it's Foxborough this year. And then it's. Then D.C., then Baltimore. Then Maryland. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so uh, uh, yeah. that's you grew up. I mean, how how far what how far from Gillette Stadium did you grow up? So when I played uh, football in high school, our first um, opponent every year was Foxborough. Mm -hmm. So we're five ten minutes away. I was looking on the map. I think it's we're. It's not too far from Attleboro. Attleboro is yep. where Johnny Braga yep. is from, I think. Yeah, and you get a bunch of guys. You're like, you know, Mike Plaza, um, F2 guy, John. He's from Sharon. But yeah, there's a, you know, because Massachusetts is a small state, but it's densely populated. So you have a lot of people that go there that are kind of close together, right? Kind of like New Jersey, maybe. Yeah, New Jersey has a hundred, a hundred cadets in this class out of twelve hundred and fifty. A hundred are from New Jersey. That's just a lot. I mean, I think that is. There's like well, how many in the class? A thousand, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Yeah, so a hundred out of twelve hundred. Yeah, one in. So think about how that like propagates in the army, like like so there's mm -hmm. like over. Like North, the Northeast is not well known for having a lot of military people, but West Point and New Jersey had a lot. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of classes. In Westwood, Mass, my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Connecticut, too, right? Yeah. 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 You, mentioned Paul, you mentioned Paul Haggerty before from West, West Hartford. So, yeah. He's, he's one of the ones I want to, that's one of the first. Taps articles that I want to get written is uh, is Hags's uh, Taps article. I know that there's it's in motion, but we got to like project manage that to get that through to, to completion. That's going to be one of the first ones to get done, I think. Because you worked with his sister. I do, yeah. So yeah. Is, Haggerty, are you still there? Yeah. Uh, Roseanne Haggerty, world renowned social entrepreneur, famous, amazing person. Yeah, she is incredible. She's, I mean, if if. If Steve Jobs and Mother Teresa had a baby, 
it would be Roseanne Haggerty. That's who, that's who she is. She's just such an incredible person. Yes, I do. I just still, I do still work with her. My, my role has changed a little bit. I'm now just working on the board. I'm out of the day-to-day. -day. I'm not doing the day-to-day uh, -day stuff because we, we got a bunch of money and we can hire a bunch of people and there's not a need for me to do it anymore because people can do it and get paid for it. So that's what, so I'm just advising the team. Yeah. Um, you're still in contact. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still very much involved in everything day to day. And so she's incredible. Um, yeah. So I'm going to definitely get his, get his written soon. And uh, you know, his, his, his two kids are doing great. Uh, Nick and uh, Luke. And um, and and uh, Trisha, his his uh, widow, is doing well too. So they're they're doing they're doing great. So, well, yeah, so notice like um, yeah, Hags, Gravestone, they're born a day apart. Trisha and Hags, really? She's because they have her birth date on there. On the she's Mar she's uh -huh. March sixteenth. He's March seventeenth. He's born on St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Wow. I would think they would have named him uh, Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they heard Patrick in the family. Probably already have one. There's like a gazillion. <laughs> of there's, there's, there's like there's eight. She's, there's eight kids. He's like number. He's like number six. Patrick might have already been taken. Who knows? I think I think there might be a Patrick. Who knows? Yeah, they were born a day apart. Yeah. And I only know just from uh, going to totes ceremony and you know passing by right uh, hags um. yeah so bq i knew i was gonna tell you the time flies by so fast when you're on these old grad podcasts we've been talking for an hour and a half almost an hour and a half right now and so we need to start bringing this thing down to the down to the to the finish and i just wonder if there's any other topics that we haven't covered tonight or anything that you'd want to leave with our classmates as your uh, your your final observations or reflections. No topics, you know, Jamie, as I mentioned before, um, when we first talked about this um, six, seven years ago, I was like, yeah, it's a great idea. You know, I would love to catch up with classmates. I would love to hear what they're doing. I'd love to like, you know, see what's going on. You're like, all right, let's, I think John Keenan is the first guy. And it's like, perfect, perfect. They're like who, who brings our class closer together? Or, you know, when you think of our class memory, you know, than John Keenan, so perfect. And, um, you know, I've really been, Thankful, fortunate that I've been in a lot of different assignments and different locations where I've met classmates who I didn't know or know well at school. And um, I think it's it's the best, you know, I, I would do it all over again. Um, again, I was miserable there for four years. Uh, but the people, the experiences that you encounter there, um, you can't replicate it anywhere else. And, you know, it's just, it's just great folks. Um, Billy Wine, my beast roommate, 
Rob Proctor, John Richardson, Warren Daniel, Dave Peake, Scott Hooper. I'm trying to name only each Matt Zimmerman, uh, Rick Prince, into the Army, and <clears throat> John Braga, uh, Mark Wildermuth, Chris Lovejoy, Emmett Crawl, Troy Baronet, and I'm not even a second uh, first lieutenant yet. Um, Steve Lettering, Bob Bennett as battery commanders, Bill Hecker, um, and then just, and then you know going into you know my civilian life and just meeting more people. Like I didn't know Fitzy in the army or um, you know at school, but you know, you know when you come together, you share a bond that you. I don't know what's comparable to it or experiences or I don't know if bond's the right word, but you know, um, and we're all good, good folks. So um, it's really special. And as I mentioned, you know, I wanted to go there since I was in eighth grade. I was thankful that John Kerry gave me a nomination. Um, not thankful he was my center, but um, but yeah, no, it's, it's such a neat experience and people and, and that's really, you know, the, the, the crux of this. I have no messages to share, no, you know, words of wisdom, but I just, you know, want to appreciate everyone who's joining this call just for, you know, because there's probably people on this call or will listen to it later who don't know me, but they're just tuning in like I have to other previous podcasts where I didn't know somebody, but just want to know about them and um i don't really you know it's it's special it's very special so duty shall be done thank you jamie thank you classmates um for all you've done and are doing and um hopefully we'll see you in uh the next reunion whether it's um in you know 31 or a sooner one like Mark and uh, Mark, right? Really, we got so. Lexington, we got Lexington, Kentucky in April of 2024. We got Army Navies. We got our class tailgate in October of this year for the Army Boston College game. Uh, lots of opportunities, you know. We've got this moment. We've got this this time frame of our lives where we're kind of all in this, you know, mid 50s. We've got flexibility. Maybe the kids are a little bit less of a handful for us, and a lot more that we could do. And so let's make the most of it, you know, and um, to your point, I mean, what a blessing we have that we've all had these common experiences. We all have this ability to just live life and and uh, continue to uh, foster these great relationships and be there for each other, you know, lift each other up and to uh, celebrate successes. So thank you, everybody that's joined us tonight for the Old Grab podcast. I'm going to let the credits roll out. Uh, BQ, you were freaking awesome. Thank you again. Um, nice to you. I'm going to stop the live feed, but thank you, everybody, who uh, joined us tonight. Stop live stream. All right. Live stream's over. We're still recording, but live stream, live stream is over. You did awesome, dude. Thank you so much. So great. That was great, Jamie. Thanks. Yeah. I find myself, you know... I think I haven't done with, I haven't, it's been two months, I think, since I did the last one with, uh, 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 who did I do it with? Was um, it Karen or somebody before Karen? 
No, somebody after Karen. Um, or after Ashes. Yeah, Bunnett, Bunnett Couch, I did it with. Oh, I missed that one. I'll have to catch it. Oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah, listen, that was great. It was, yeah, Bunnett, she was I3, I think. So. I think she's H1, H1. Pretty sure. You may be right. Yeah. I'm thinking uh, maybe Donna Horn. Yeah, right. Donna Horn, somebody else. I want to get, I want to get, um, Donna Reggie. Reggie Moore, I want to get the both on. It'd be great. She said, she told me, she said, you got to get, you got to get my husband on. You got to get Reggie on. He'd be so great. <laughs> Reggie, Reggie would be great. So I'm going to get him on at some point. I want to get everybody on. That's my plan. You know, I mean, everybody's got a story. That's my point. It doesn't matter. Like you can be some undercover badass on the FBI. That's great. Or CEO of a company or three star general or just, you know, Joe Blow. It doesn't matter. I want to hear everybody's stories, you know? And exactly. And, you know, I think that I 100% agree with you, you know, because I'm Joe Blow, you know, not, you know, CEO or, you know, kind of like, but, you know, I have a story. And as we mentioned beforehand, I like talk about people we know more so than myself, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of share those experiences. And it, uh, it really is neat, yeah. you know. Well, we're still recording, so I'll probably have this piece go onto the uh, onto the uh, the Podbean uh, podcast and stuff. But are you um, so you're are you based on New York City now? Is that where you're going into work, or do you? Go no, I um, so I go to um, White Plains once a week. I go in on Tuesdays, mm -hmm. and that's like ninety minutes, or it's ninety miles. So it's like an hour and a half, two miles, or two hours. So right. it's once a week. So it's you know it's, that's doable. You're in West Hartford, which, you know, so Hartford, Connecticut is a big area for community solutions. I've got a whole project. Oh, yeah. Fucking a big thing. I bet there. it is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I want to I want to definitely connect with you. Um, so I'd love to show you what we have going on up there. But it'd be okay, yeah, the VA is close by, too. Is it? OK. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Let's link up or hit me up if you're in the area or you know want to sure. buy or have any questions and yeah it'd be great it'd be great well anyway dude thank you thank you so much for tonight it was great and i will um i'll put this on the uh i'll put this on the uh on podbean real soon oh one other thing too do you have a picture or something you would want me to put in the little um you know we have like a little tile that goes on with the with the, yeah let me know if you have that yeah, I'll have to think about that. Okay. I don't I don't have anything that comes to mind. It's funny. So when we talk about this podcast. So as we were talking, I was like kind of waiting for other people to jump in. And I realized it's just the two of us. No, it wasn't. We <laughs> well, had... I mean, just you know, people are but nobody uh, you know, verbally is right, right. Is 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 kind of chiming in. And then I'm looking at you know, your screen over here, my screen over here, and I'm seeing myself like flailing over here and it's kind of distracting. So I'm sure you get used to it. Yeah. No, we had probably a dozen or so classmates or more on the call. Oh, cool. So Steve Let's Ring, Scott Clemenson, Nadia King, Shane Zender, Lee Hyder, Troy Baronet, um, Brian Walton, Brian Mackey. So cool. So speaking of Brian Mackey and um so he reached out on our class website recently saying he's relocating. Right. And I don't know Brian, but he's re relocating right where I grew up. So I reached out to him. 
Um, it's like, hey, you know, need anything? Let me know. Like here, towns, this and the other, um, real quick. Um, and then he pinged me today. He's like, hey, you know, we end up renting a house, you know, somewhere. But yeah, good luck on the podcast tonight. Mm. And we've had two conversations, you know, textually, and just the the fact that we've kind of, you know, have a pseudo connection now is is neat. Yeah. So it kind of really goes back to the specialness I feel anyway. Relationships that will endure, endure forever. Yeah. Yep. All right, my friend. So, all right, buddy. Hey, thanks. All right. Have a great What's week. Your daughter's name, by the way. My daughter, my daughter's name is Claire. Is Claire, that well, good luck to her. her middle name is Mary Claire. So she, Mary Claire Schlack, but when, when she went to high school, she became Mary Claire because she had nuns and she wanted to yeah. be goody two shoes Mary Claire, but she's yeah. Claire for her friends. So, so my my niece Claire just graduated from Course Card Academy a couple months ago. Oh, nice. So, but, uh, so no, I, I have a finny for Claire's. Yeah. <laughs> the name. Yeah. All right, All right buddy. Well, thanks All again. Right, All right. Yeah. Take care. See you yeah. soon. Bye. So you gotta let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow?